go. And here we are. Welcome to Monday, everybody. It is the Heading Back to the Window show with Scott and Scott. I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. I'm our co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. That's right. Here we are. Here we are, Euler. Euler Foster, 154 one, uh, Central Time, wanted to know where we are. Here we are. Six minutes, man. That's a that's a long six minutes. We spent... Uh, uh, they all count the same. I spent about eight minutes getting the camera right and something that usually takes me about 30 seconds. So, Joan is in the house. Howdy, fellas. Howdy, Joan. J.C. Stone in the house. Arizona Hoops Sunday night rocking chair. There you go. Watched a bit of that game. Arizona, good. Yeah. Good, it's a good basketball team. Good, right good, good basketball team. Happy Monday to the old T-Train. He is... Uh, Tony, what do you what do you do in the off season, man? When you're not when you're not there uh, cooking at the uh, at the, at the shack, they got the they got the seafood shack during the summer, but they closed down during the winter. So probably just annoys annoys Mrs. T Train would be my would be my guess because that's what I do with my wife. Made her go out and get a job, Scott. That's, that's at least you found something you're good at. That's that's how annoyed she was by being home with me. She was forced to go get a job. So. Hey, it's good to be here, man. We had a, we had exciting action. Uh, a couple of couple of upsets. Couple of Unexpected blowouts that I'm sure we'll talk about here a little bit later. Scott, personally, how was your how was your weekend? How'd you do? It was fine. Did well. Uh, made profit every day except for Sunday, where I ended up losing less than on a two tenths of a unit. Uh, it was I basically broke even on Sunday. Really bad beat. I was going to cruise to pretty much a winning week, and then 66 points in the fourth quarter of the Knicks game kills my under, and I ended up splitting there, but. Made money on Friday, made money on Saturday, and unfortunately lost a little bit on Sunday. But overall, profitable weekend. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, we were uh, we we had a uh, decent uh, weekend as far as premium goes. We were cost a profitable NFL weekend by the uh, the Sunday night game. Chargers unable to hold a fourteen point lead with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Couldn't couldn't do that. Uh, Joan wants to know how Tennessee loses to Houston. Uh, no Derrick Henry. That's how they do it. I was going to say, because Tennessee's a team that was the one seed in the AFC, but we saw them lose against the Jets as well. Either they play down to their competition dramatically, or they're really not that good. Well, Maybe both. And that was a Houston, know? Houston team that gave New England all they wanted a few weeks back at home. A game they probably should have won and ended up pissing away, but, uh. Uh, BN Trabajo said, I tailed New York Jets team total under great call, right? Shell. Yeah. Is it a great call if you make it every week? Uh, it's, it all counts the same. Wins a win. Yeah. Steve, Steven, the Godfather Godon said the, uh, the, 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 the Colts shocked him a lot. I wouldn't say I was, I was stunned by the method in the, in the, uh, margin of victory. I wasn't, I wasn't surprised the Colts jumped up and won that one. I stayed away from that game. Uh, um, John, I got bad news for you. How do we tell them? The game already happened. Uh, I like the over. I like the over because Rice won in triple overtime. Yeah. So sorry, but that game already took place. And for the record, John, they did cover. It was they were covering five or four and a half. They end up winning by five in triple overtime. That will be on call the cops tomorrow. So get excited for that one. But yep. yes, that game already happened. Yeah, we've already we've already. We, what do you say? We've already got two call the cops for tomorrow's show. And we already have two call the cops for college basketball tomorrow, which means you're probably going to see a lot of snubs because we got two and it's not even three o'clock. Yep. And we uh, we started doing a new thing that I'm going to tell everybody about here momentarily. But of course, I want to welcome everybody. 
officially to the show and remind you to like and subscribe and all that do st and all that good stuff. In fact, we have a, a very uh, timely one today. If you do not like and subscribe, I will be at your house for Thanksgiving and demand more pie, and that's absolutely on brand. That is. Do you have a go-to pie for Thanksgiving? I'm pumpkin pie guy. Um, okay. My son, my son's a pecan pie fan, and. Uh, uh, a couple other people in the family pecan. I don't, I don't like pecans. I don't like pecans or walnuts. But uh, is it because you have to pronounce it pecan instead of pecan? Pecan. Yeah, I'm just a, I'm just above the pecan pecan line. So okay. I'm, I'm 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 always an apple pie guy. I'm the classic apple pie. Can't go wrong. Yeah, it's 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 very good, very good. And I want to remind you guys to listen to the show that's on before us. And I, I it's it's. I don't know what he calls it. It's, it's, he's the king of parlays. It's Chris King it's doing just parlays. It's, is it? It's just that's the name of the show. Just parlays. That's right. Mm -hmm. And you know what they talk about, Scott? I'm assuming it's parlays. Sides and totals. No, uh, it's just parlays. And he's been, dude. He's hotter than shit. He had a uh, he had a two teamer on Friday. He had a four teamer. He gave out an eight teamer and six of the legs cash. So if you'd had a little round robin action there, uh, you'd have been highly profitable. Listen to you ever you ever dabble in the in the round robin world of parlays? I have a little bit. I have uh, dabbled a little bit. I just you know I'm just not a parlay guy. I just I can't I can't beat the math. I hate the math. So and you know we you've talked about this. You uh, you're a two team or three team or max. You ever play round robin? Uh, round robin. I've actually tried a couple of times with player props. Uh, if you want to if you want a really really fun sweat, round robin some player props in the yeah. NFL and you'll see what happens there. But Overall, it was pretty good, uh, but I don't do it that often. I usually do parlays of around two, three picks max. Of course, occasionally I'll throw in a huge splash for a plus 5,000 return or something just for the hell of it, but right. usually I play it relatively safe. Uh, Brownsbacker, who I don't think is here yet. Oh, there he is. There he is. Monday Funday. What's up, Brownsbacker? He had a three-team uh, anytime touchdown player prop yesterday. Nice. And, well, forget uh, about that for a second. How about the Cleveland Browns? They didn't cover on your birthday. The hell's wrong with them? Oh, they won. What a terrible birthday. They won, but they didn't cover on your birthday, Browns backer. You no. got to write a letter to somebody. Get a jersey. <laughs> step, step into the dark parlay world. <laughs> Pucker City. Yeah, it is. It's usually, that's the problem. When I play parlays, it's usually not Pucker City. It's like, well, fuck, there goes the first leg. I'm done. Uh, that's the city that I live in when it comes to parlays, so... Hey man, there was a lot of bad beats this week, and uh, we we only got time for a few. But you know what? Let's get to it, shall we, Scott? Let's let's find out who took it in the shorts. Who had a uh, a not great weekend uh, as we uh, kick off the Monday edition of Call the Cops. Here's what I wanted to say because um, we one of the, one of the call of the cops is going to be courtesy of one of our viewers, and we wanted to open that up. That made the light bulb go off in our heads and say, "Hey, why don't we make less work for ourselves, basically, and let you guys do some of the heavy lifting?" So, if you have a particular bad beat call the cops situation that affected you personally, put it in the comment section of this video. All right, you'll find it. You know, after after we get done, it'll be there. Throw it in the comment section. Not when we're live, because those go away for some reason. Those are in a different spot. We don't see them. So put it in the regular comment section or put it in the comment section of my video or Scott's video. We'll make sure that it gets on to the next day's show um, as far as calling the cops or a rocking chair for that matter. If you had a nice, easy win that you are a genius and you want to get patted on the back, put those up there as well. So, all right, very good. Uh, having said that, let's start it off with our first call the cops 
of the day. And, of course, it's going to be in college football if you had Iowa State plus 2.5 against Oklahoma. Tie game, 26 seconds uh, left in the second quarter. Iowa State has the ball. Oklahoma strip sack TD. Scott, Iowa State trailed by 7 at halftime. I was watching that live. I did not have a dog in that fight. Of course, I'm always rooting against Oklahoma because, you know, Oklahoma. That was a brutal beat. I thought about that at the time. That was an absolutely brutal beat. Definitely not fun, but Purdy's going to do Purdy things, and it wasn't pretty. Purdy bad. But looking, what? Purdy bad. Yeah, Purdy bad. But looking at another first-half bad beat on Saturday, if you had Navy first half plus two and a half against East Carolina, you led by four points with two minutes and 11 seconds left in the second quarter, which doesn't sound that bad. But East East Carolina went down the field through a touchdown pass on fourth and two at the five-yard line with 18 seconds left in the first half. If this was three years ago, I'd say about 98% of coaches would have kicked the field goal there. But unfortunately, they went for it. You didn't get the stop you needed on fourth down, and they trailed by, well, more than two and a half at the halftime break. Yeah, that going for it on fourth down kind of uh, jumped up and and bit the Chargers last night too, as that didn't uh, didn't work out well. So, ah, uh, all right. If you had this is a good one. If it was a it was a Sunday college basketball game, if you had the Indiana Hoosier Daddies over 77 and a half playing uh, the Rajon Cajons at 76 points with 331 left. Scott, that's a, that's the spot I'm about turning the fucking TV off. It's over. Empty out the bench. It's over. Empty out the bench. They had 76 with 331 left. Scott, any guesses what they finished with? 76. 76. That, my friends, is a monumental bad beat right there. Again, thanks to Bronco Devil for bringing that to our attention. I am so sorry if you got involved in that game, my friend. That is indeed call the cops. Definitely not a fun time when you're up 30 and all you need is even just a foul. You just need something. Right. And yet you're hoping that one of the bench warmers gets extremely excited, maybe even tries to go for a layup, you know, mm -hmm. something crazy. But you know they're going to jack it up from 35 feet and apparently none of them went in. Hurdle. Hurdle. What else you got? Up uh, looking at. The other one, we have one NFL bad beat, which is a brutal beat. If you had the Bears plus two after the Lamar Jackson news against the Ravens, Chicago took a four-point lead on a miraculous fourth down conversion for a touchdown with about a minute 41 left in the fourth quarter. It's worth mentioning that Baltimore had zero touchdowns for the entire game up to that final drive. And then Baltimore with a backup quarterback went on a 72-yard drive and scored a touchdown with 22 seconds left. Justin Tucker, of course, hits the extra point, and Chicago ended up losing by three. Ah, bears are going to bear, aren't they? They really are, man. Well, really are. We, had the, uh, we had the first half under in that game. so. Well, you also had the full game under in the NFL show. We had yep. a pretty solid NFL show. Yeah, we did. We did. Well, we weren't. We weren't. Uh, oh, I haven't done NFL yet. I graded out college and uh, uh, less less than desirable there. No, we did NFL, dude. We were. I got to check you. I think you were about five hundred. I was not. So I was saying for our play at the end. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. Those, we both won those. Yeah, we did both win those. All right. So the opposite, the opposite of uh, call the cops. These are the place. This is the place you want to be, Scott. This is. 
where it's nice, easy victories. It's a nice Sunday. You are sitting in the rocking chair. So, the first one of you had the Notre Dame Fighting Irish against Georgia Tech, and you were laying 17 and a half. You should have been laying 47 and a half because they led 45 to nothing at the half, and they won the game 55 to nothing. I believe one of us had that play. I did. I did, I did have that Notre Dame play. I like that. Uh, I like that quite a bit. Quite a bit indeed. And here's a play I had too, Scott, only I had the other side of it. If you had the Army... Minus 37, you made a terrible bet. Sorry, sorry for putting it out there for you to follow me. Practicing that triple option defense for the Minutemen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, UMass plus 37, man. They never trailed by more than 16. Army just couldn't quite get it going. They scored only 33 points. UMass, they lose by 16. If you had UMass plus 37, congratulations. You backed a great team. You were sitting in the rocking chair with your Minutemen. And looking at Sunday in the NFL, if you had the Cowboys Chiefs under 55 and a half, you had a 19 points in the first half. It's pretty tough to go over when one team doesn't score a touchdown and the game landed 28. I told you I made a live play on that when Dallas was driving there uh, about to score their first touchdown that they ended up not scoring a touchdown. Of course, um, I got that live at 60 and a half, Scott, and played the under. Just, uh, I also am aware that it was a rocking chair for one of us because somebody's got to buy themselves a Dallas Cowboy piece of, uh, let's just say, memorabilia or some type of apparel. Yeah, we'll talk more about that on the NFL show. But, of course, Scott and I, if you didn't watch the NFL show, we had a, we had a bet where you normally you see the mayors. They bet like, you know, I would bet barbecue and maybe Scott would bet, I don't know what they have in Long Island. Um, I'm not, uh, what what. what Corn dogs, they have fried corn dogs. <laughs> I was going to say they're known for their seafood and their there you go. fish in general. But, but yeah. we, we decided we would make it a little uh, a little different. The loser would have to wear the garb of the opposing team. Now, the twist was we each... We both liked the other team We to each cover. faded our own teams. <laughs> so my team played well for about eight minutes. Scott's team played well, not at all. So by process of elimination... By default, the Chiefs won that game, so I now have to wear some sort of Dallas Cowboy garb. I tried to find a shirt. They're all sold out. It's the supply chain, apparently. By the um, way, Trabajo is right. Long Island is known for the rice teas. <laughs> well played. Well done. And their brand-new hockey arena where they've yet to score a goal. Or they can't win a damn game, but yeah, besides that, uh, besides that, everything's peachy. Aren't they? Are they 0-1 or 0-2? 0-2. Oh, okay, they had played two games. I just saw that Last one. place in the Metro. Not exactly an ideal start, but a bunch of injuries. It doesn't look good. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't look good at all. Um, all right, so where are we at here? Okay. if you uh, had, We had the last uh, rocking chair. Yeah, if you had the Texans plus 10.5 against the Titans, I know, I know somebody mentioned that already. They never trailed in that game. They uh, led 12 and zip at halftime. Hard to win when you don't score, Tennessee. They win outright by nine. All hail the Texans, plus ten and a half, because they put you in the rocking chair. I'm sure a decent amount of people still in Survivor died this week, so my thoughts are with you. Yes, thoughts and thoughts and prayers. Um, yep. All right, very good. Um, do, 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 do. You know what? Let's do this. Let's find out. <laughs> so much, so much disappointment in this game. Oh, 
we could have found a lot of options, but when I filled it out, I thought this was a pretty good one because you kind of knew before the game where it was going to go, but you were hoping it would be somewhat competitive. Right, you know? right. Yeah, it was It was not. It was not. Let's check out today's edition of I'm Not Mad, Scott. I'm just disappointed. All right, my friend. What you got? So we're going back to college, and we're going to look at a matchup between Michigan State and Ohio State. Now, Michigan State, leading up to the game, was rumored to give their new their head coach, Mel Tucker, $75 million to keep him around for a while, and hopefully he signed that contract before the game actually started because Michigan State, despite being the number seven team in the country, was a 19.5-point underdog against Ohio State. So you assumed... Ohio State was going to win. It wasn't like many people thought that Michigan State would pull off the upset and shock the world. Unfortunately, your 19-and-a-half ticket was dead at half because Ohio State led 49 to nothing at halftime, and Michigan State lost by 49 points. So we're not exactly mad because we thought Ohio State would win because the spread was pretty telling of that. Right. 49 nothing at the half. As a top ten team in the country, really, right? You can't you can't do anything, you know. And we thought we thought about putting it on odds makers were drunk, but what are you what are you going to do? What are you going to make Ohio State a thirty five point favorite over the number seven team in the nation, or what the hell? You know, no. We talked about that on the other day, but that, yeah, it's exactly right. What are you supposed to do? Because nineteen and a half already sounded extremely high, right? When you were going through the actual games on either Friday or Saturday before the game took place. But then you realize when they get on the field, Ohio State should be favored by about 28 and a half or maybe even more, which tells you how big the separation is between, I think, the top two, three teams. Bam is a question mark because they struggled against Arkansas. But Georgia and Ohio State seem to be light years ahead of other teams. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that they appear to be the best two teams in the country right now. So. All right, let's find out, because there was. Let's finish it up here, our segments, before we get to all the games. We'll talk about uh, who was the winner for folks. Who was the gambling hero of the day? So, Scott, if you had the East Carolina Pirates, God bless you, because they... uh, they had themselves a situation there against Navy. Trot the kid out for the game-winning field goal. Walk-on, by the way. Non-scholarship kicker. 54-yard attempt, Scott. He's never kicked a ball 40 yards in college football. He's never kicked a field goal over 39 yards. Well, he might have kicked one. It just never went in. <laughs> his longest make was 39 yards. Owen Daffer. Ice water in his veins. As he steps up and nails it, all hail the Pirates. Raise the Jolly Roger, as they say in Pittsburgh, because East Carolina has a victory against the Middies. I got to give East Carolina props. I was skeptical of this team because they hadn't had much success pretty much ever, ever, especially in the last five years or so. They've been a good team. And the fact that you can trot in a kicker who... You just decided we kind of have to attempt this because what else are we supposed to do? A 54-yarder for the win when your career long is 39. That had a couple of yards to spare with that, but that's a hell of a kick. 
Yeah, that was it. Was that was you're also nails. on the road? So you have the you have the road crowd going nuts. You're probably you're gonna ice the kicker and everything. That's a hell of a shot. Right, right. Very good point. Yeah. Uh, Ninja said disappointed on the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. And Russell Jets Wilson fan, there. give me that top ten draft pick. Jared twenty three says Ohio State and Alabama in the uh, college football championship. Bama, I'm not sure about right because right conference. Young is. I think a very good quarterback, at least compared to most college quarterbacks, because you can tell by who's coming out in the draft this upcoming year. It's a pretty weak quarterback class. So Young right now is one of the favorites to win the Heisman. Goes for 559 yards against Arkansas. But Bama's defense has really just been okay. Yeah, I don't think it's really an amazing unit. And I do think that we'll find out a lot in the SEC title game because Georgia's going to be favored, duh because they have to be. They're undefeated, the best team in the country. Do you think Bama really has anything for him? Because we know Smart has had an issue of exercising the Saban demon because he can't beat him. But I do think that Bama is definitely a weaker team than they usually are. Georgia's defense is so ridiculously good yeah. that yeah. I have serious questions if Bama is going to be able to get enough stops in order to keep up. They're next, they're next level. They are absolutely next level. Beyond Trabajo says those are the moments we live for kick field goals. Like that's absolutely true. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's a kid that most likely won't have any further career after college, and that's give him a scholarship. Yeah, definitely do that. The bad thing is, Scott, you may have peaked at eighteen. That's you may never, you may never capture that glory again, man. You may that will be the best underage beer he's ever tasted. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Crash land and checking in said Cold Street crash bound to break out. Yeah, I feel that way, buddy. Uh, we feel you. Get some blankets. You'll warm up at some point. Eula <laughs> Foster says Memphis Grizzlies plus 12, UCLA minus 22, Penguins money line. I also like that UCLA game. We talked about possibly making that a bet the farm. We went a different direction. As far as the Grizz goes, Scott, I don't know what I have with this team. They look so... The Grizzlies are an inconsistent team, which is why they are 8-8, eight and eight, because right. it seems like they look really good occasionally, yeah. and they look really bad at other points, because they got blown out by the Timberwolves, by what felt like 90 points over the weekend. So that was not exactly a good performance. Right. Memphis is a team that hangs in there, but it seems like they have mental lapses almost every game for X amount of minutes. Uh, to look at this matchup against Utah, uh, the playoff series was somewhat close. I know it went five games, but it, Memphis was in those games. Oh, boy. Uh, it's really tough to go against Utah at home. My my problem with this Memphis team is is their three point. Oh, so you saw twelve. I see ten and a half on DraftKings. That's what I've got. Yeah, if you can get twelve, if you, sure. If you got that at twelve, yeah. Memphis three point defense is just awful. It is. Yeah, it's it is terrible. Just Which is why good. Utah's a terrible matchup because all they do is shoot three. Right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. If they, that's that's why I, I don't I don't love that one. I, I do love the UCLA, but I still think twelve is okay because I found ten and a half. I'm not sure if you're buying points or if that's what your your book has. If your book has 12, like minus 110, minus 115, do you think he has to take that on principle? Yeah, I do. I, you you got to play the value. Yeah. You absolutely do. T-Train uh, T and JC's doing I agree with both of those. <laughs> I think Bama gets exposed by Georgia. Yes, that's a check. I think it'll be close. I don't think that Georgia's going to run away with it. I think Georgia wins the game. Nick Saban in championship game. Yawn. Also agree with he that. He said Nick Satan in uh, Oh, nice. Game. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's I don't know if it's fat fingered or if it's on purpose, but either way, it's very funny. I'm just hoping Alabama doesn't win. Give me somebody else. 
Yeah, I think I think we all I think we all are uh, are feeling that quite a bit. Um, looking at the rest of the card here tonight. You believe it's in this, an interesting card. You believe in this Phoenix team yet? I have to. They've been rolling. I've I've, I've been believing in them for a couple of weeks, and they haven't let me down because right now they're the hottest team in the league, and it's not even close. Now they're playing San Antonio. San Antonio has been a team that we know is not very good. They've occasionally been a- been able to hang tough, and they are definitely better at home than they are on the road just because we know how good the home court is in San Antonio, whether the team is good or bad. However, Phoenix did play yesterday against Denver. On the bright side, they won by 29 and benched basically everybody for the entire fourth quarter. So Chris Paul only played 24 minutes. Booker played 28. Aiton played 26. So fatigue shouldn't be that big of a factor. I'm going with the Suns because how do you not take the hottest team in the league that has been crushing teams winning 12 in a row? I think you got to go with Phoenix. Yeah, and they and, and, and up until those two games against Dallas, really, in the, in the away game against Minnesota, they'd really been cover machines as well. They failed to cover there, but they did cover against Denver, like you mentioned. Um, when you win 12 in a row, and we know that this team has the talent to make the NBA Finals, if not go beyond, and we know the Spurs are 4-11, and that team's awful, it's really hard to go to the window with San Antonio. Agreed. Uh, Legacy says play Donovan Mitchell over three and a half threes at plus 125. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of that. Any, anything to fade this Grizzlies defense, especially three-point defense, I'm okay with that. I, I My best play from that game would probably be Utah team total over. They scored a fair share amount of points. By the way, witness history over the weekend. I had the Kings team total under against the Jazz, and the Jazz won that game. That was Luke Walton's final game as a head coach. So I witnessed history there. Shout out to Utah for being a coach killer. Oh, did they? I, I I missed that with all with everything else going on. Did they get rid of? They them? tossed them. Okay, yeah. Which cause... I'm happy and sad for because, on one hand, we were we were talking about Luke Walton being the first coach fired for the entire year last, last year. year, and it didn't happen. But on the other hand, I really enjoyed fading Luke Walton in the middle of games, and now I can't do that. Coastal real estate: Gonzaga, Kentucky, Iowa. Some blue bloods there, and some and some nouveau riche, as they say. I hope you have some type of board for all that chalk. I know you. I know you like Gonzaga. You like Gonzaga. I have to. Central Michigan's a terrible basketball team. Gonzaga's going to win that game by forty-five. It's going to be ugly, and I do think Gonzaga scores a hundred in that one. The issue is the pace, because Central Michigan we know has been a run and gun type of team for years. They switch coaches, so they're significantly slower than they were in previous years. Gonzaga just beat Bellarmine by forty-two. Central Michigan needed a oh well, I'm sold inbound. in into a buzzer beater to beat Eastern Illinois. They lost to DePaul by 33. Gonzaga's going to murder this team. I think Gonzaga wins that game by 40 plus. This is, this is another one where if you had, if you had your way, that would have been the bet the farm play. Would have been up there. But I, I went, I wanted to go a different direction since it was my pick today. And we, we usually, we, we put it, we, we end up agreeing, but whoever actually reads it, Usually writes it up, and they also kind of have yeah. the final say. Well, so. my favorite play from that game was Gonzaga team total over because I think they're going to score ninety five points. But Gonzaga, we know, likes to run. Kentucky's a team that we know lost in the opener to a pretty good Duke team, but I'm not going to overreact. Kentucky's still a talented basketball team; they'll be fine. And Iowa is a team that 
has had kind of had issues with on the defensive end, which shouldn't surprise anybody, but they can just walk into 95 points any game they want. Mm-hmm. So for Iowa, I'm more interested in playing overs with them as opposed to actually laying big numbers. But I do think that each of those teams has a good chance to cover. Iowa's a team, though, that takes their foot off the gas when it comes to maintaining big leads. And suddenly when you're laying 25 or whatever number you're laying, their 30-point lead turns into a 22-point win. I, I like I probably like Kentucky out of all those the best just because this Albany team cannot score the basketball at all. Yeah. They put and Kentucky, it, we know, on the boards is going to crush this. Dude, they put, it, they put up 53 against Harvard. They put up 56 against Towson State. That, those rebounding numbers are going to be disgusting in favor of Kentucky. Yep, agreed. Agreed. Uh, anything else NBA? Because we got a lot of college to get to. What do you, you see in anything NBA? Uh, looking at the rest, I had a play that I on a player prop in the Timberwolves Grizzly uh, Timberwolves uh, Pelicans game, but I find that line fascinating. Uh, with the actual game itself, Minnesota was minus two on the overnight. Now it's a three. It was a three and a half. So I guess you've had some buyback on the Pelicans. I like the under in that game. I'm not going to take a side. I know, obviously, Pelicans only getting three. I have to fade them, but they've actually been okay at home lately. Welcome to the, the Scott the Scott Rice show. I hate the pen. Uh, I hate the Pelicans show. Well, it hasn't failed, so I feel like that's usually a good place to start. But they have been better at home lately. Uh, they've won each of the last two home games by double digits, so I am impressed by that. But Minnesota's won three in a row, playing really well. Those games were at home, so I'm kind of going to wait and see how they look on the highway but they've played twice this season second game landed 205 first game landed 185 give me the under in the mid 210s because that total seems way too high to me brandon zerfus shamanade it's the old shamanade play scott plus 27 as they host the uh, tournament there on the island that did not work last year it did not but occasionally they'll beat a really overrated power five team like a California or a Stanford or somebody. Occasionally they'll shock the world. Who are they playing? You know? Uh, Chaminade. Let's just say that they got their work cut out for them in this game. Uh, but to go through their actual matchup, Chaminade, as you, what, what do you say the spread was again? 27? Yep, 27. Uh, let me, I don't know why DraftKings just does not have it listed. Uh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't get. It, I couldn't get it either on the grid. I mean, that's why I got, I've got to go through uh, ESPN to check their schedule here. Uh, I'll, I'll have it in a second. Sorry. Do you know their nickname, Scott? I uh, truth is totally forgot. They play Oregon, dude. They play Oregon. Uh, well, we know Oregon's dead to us. So yeah. I sure. I I think they got a chance to cover that. I, do I, too. I don't know. Yeah, I'm all right with it. Who, who knows? You know, whatever. I have no. I have no. I have no season stats for Chaminade at all. Uh, of me, course not, because they, they're they're not a D one team. Yeah, uh, wait a minute. Here we go. Oh, oh, they're led by uh, Tyler Cardiano. Oh, he's good, Scott. Of course, Cardiano. They've got they've, they've got Cardiano, Cardiano, and, and Arisol. Uh Two guards average sixteen points a game. There you go. They're going to spray it from the wing. Yeah, they're going to they're going to they're going to they're going to launch, buddy. You really didn't appreciate that aerosol joke. <laughs> I'm gonna spray Come it on. from the wing. That was right there. Come on, like, I'm, too, I, I'm, I'm too, doing my best. I'm to too busy looking up his three point stats. Like fuck yeah, he's a great shooter. Uh, so I said he's gonna spray it. Actually, but Oregon's a team. The thing about Chaminade is that since they're not a D one team, they should get killed every time they play a D one team. But of course, it's in a neutral. There's travel involved, and you have to it's wonder. Not, it's not in a neutral. It's in Chaminade. 
No, it's not a neutral, but I'm saying for the for the actual opposing D1 yes. team showing up. It's there's travel involved. Neutral's not the right word, but they're traveling. Are they gonna no show the second half? Because you know that at some point one team's gonna wake up and probably kill the opposition. The question is, at what time do one, realize, one team's yeah, going to wake up? It's not going to be Chaminade. It's gonna, it's oh, not Chaminade. Oh, shit, we're Chaminade. We need to wake up and start scoring. No, Oregon will either wake up or they won't. Correct. Um, so I don't mind taking the points if you think Oregon no-shows. Whatever. Give me Oregon first half, Chaminade full game. Okay. You want to go for a hot take there? <laughs> sure. Threading that needle. Um... Pure fade of some numbers might have might have been uh, so bad recently. I'm going to the fade method. I just can't get over the fade fact yourself. that they lost to BYU by like 30-something points. No. Oregon's a team that usually with Altman is okay at the beginning. Yep. And they pick it up late, like right around March. This team looks like another one of those where they're going to look pretty good, maybe ranked in the teens or 20s. And then suddenly around February, March, you start looking at them going, is this an Elite Eight team? It just feels like one of those years for Oregon once again. Scott, are we going to play the market stupidity against them and just take these Duke Citadel under? I'm very fascinated by that line movement because or take we know Citadel, in the past, team, the Citadel tumble, team total under. The Citadel have been a turbo over machine for the last decade or so. I was betting on them in, in high school for the overs. And now... Four years ago? Uh, no, it was about... 10 years ago. <laughs> but anyway, the point is the Citadel still gets a lot of attraction from the markets because people see the Citadel, they blindly bet the over. That's not the case this year. They have revamped their style for worse because they now play slower. So the line has gone up about eight or nine points in that Duke Citadel game. I'm not taking the over. You? I can't. I mean, it's it's still the team. It's still a team, Scott, that averages eighty nine and a half points a game. But if you look at who they played, they also played Carver College. That's what I'm saying. Free one hundred and twenty. That's so. what I, that's what I'm saying. You you get those early numbers like that. You really have to investigate and see who they've played because it makes. That's a one team, by the way. I've been looking into. I've been trying to find lines been, on Carver, Carver College Col- games because they're so I bad. I can't find them. They lose every game by seventy. I can't find them. The new Presbyterian. No, they're even worse. Where is Carver? They've been around for years. They lose every game by 90. Where is Carver College? Carver College is... I don't even know. Okay. I thought, you, I thought you might know. No idea. I just know that they lose every game by 60, and the spreads are usually, if you can find them, around 40-something. Well, there's a see, there's a tip that you're not going to get anywhere else. Nowhere else are you going to find... Try to try to find them. Trust me. Just look up the game logs for the last like three years from them. It's hilarious against D one competition. The only Carver College I get is Carver College of Medicine at the University of Iowa. That can't be right. Although someone asking me about some potential futures here, uh, Arizona to win the Pac twelve. I don't hate that. They took care of business against a good Michigan team. Michigan struggling to start the year. They're still a quality team. Arizona just destroyed them. I don't mind it. I think Oregon's a team that'll take some time to get going. UCLA, of course, is the creme de la creme of that overall conference. But if you think Arizona can maybe pull off an upset, they have some size in the interior, which could give UCLA some problems. I don't mind that. I think you might be seeing a UCLA-Arizona conference title game. You? Um, I agree. I, this this Arizona team is uh, very, very solid. It's, it's going to be fun to watch them square off against uh, against UCLA. It's one thing to beat Michigan, who's ranked in the top 10. 
It's another thing to be up 20 in the second half. That was a demolition. Yeah. Blasted him. Yeah. Absolutely blasted him. Uh, Carver College, Scott, is somewhere by Atlanta, Georgia. By the way, JC, I like the Pac-12 for basketball. I don't like the Pac-12 for football this year. That's the difference. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, Scott loves the Pac. The Pac-12, no shit. Um, we got to talk about the NFL game, right? Yeah, I was going to go real quick to the NHL. You got anything? Uh, quickly, if the Islanders are playing, bet against them. No, yep. I'm just kidding. Hey, the Islanders. Uh, but I'm not. Uh, it's definitely been a sad time for me as a fan. But ho- long season. Hopefully, they turn it around. Anyway, looking at hockey quickly, uh, I'd fade the Sabers. I'd go with the Blue Jackets. I know both teams are bad. Buffalo has been atrocious over the last couple of weeks, which is really par for the course. We know the Sabres are a team that usually starts the season off randomly well, and then everything hits the wall about three weeks into the season. They're going through Buffalo, and they've lost three of four. They have not played well. Columbus, though, have won two or three with um, their middle of a road trip, but Buffalo is a team that I'm not exactly thrilled with. I think that's a pretty good price there for Columbus. But besides that, uh, what else do I like here? I like Vegas. I, don't mo- I, I like Vegas getting a plus price against a, a St. Louis team that's lost five of their last six. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say, too, especially at plus money. Vegas has woken up. They're starting to play good hockey. Yeah, they won five of their and last six. And I, I feel like we got to talk about it. Not sure if Zach is listening to the show, but we got to go with the Ducks. Quack, quack. I'll, I'll go along with that. I agree with that. Um, okay. So let's talk about this NFL game tonight. You got the Tampa, Tampa Bay Bucks losers of two straight taking on the Giants. Giants get Saquon back. All, all signs. Bring in Blaine Gabbert. All signs would appear. Um, Tampa Bay laying 11. Scott went to 12, down to 10.5. Now pretty much it's settled at 11. Where are you at? Where are you at? Tampa Bay has lost two straight. They figured out Tom Brady. What's wrong with well, the Bucks? You'd assume based on history. I'm sure I'm curious how many people are betting the Giants solely because the Giants have given Brady issues for like 15 years, even though he's not even on the same team that he was on when he used to give them problems. You right. Know? Right. So that, that's of course the public narrative saying, Oh, the Giants always give Brady problems. Expect Brady to struggle. Yeah, Jim Fossil I'm not going to that seen. far. But based on what I've seen in the NFL this season, there's no way I'm laying 11 or 12 with Tampa Bay. I can't do it. The NFL has been a season where I don't know who's good. Seems like every team picks and chooses what weeks they want to show up or not. Tampa Bay should show up, but I do think it's too many points. I think the Giants will hang around. Are they a good team? No. I think it'll be a bit of a high-scoring game. I don't mind the over, but I do think the Giants will hang around. Tampa's going to win the game. I'm not picking the Giants to pull off a shocking upset. But give me the points. Don't hate that. Uh, Dersoki Mound, 412, says Evans, anytime touchdown. Uh, always a solid play. I agree there. Joan likes the points with the Giants. I'm with Joan, and I'm with Scott on that one. Got... Do, we have stat- do we have a status update on Gronk? Because I know that it seems like all signs are pointing to him returning. Yeah. He is playing, though, right? He was a full participant Friday and Saturday. He took Sunday off, but they were kind of thinking that's just a Veterans Day off kind of thing. So I don't know how many snaps he's going to play. Uh, but Silky kind of stole my idea, or at least we're on the same page. He likes Gronk anytime touchdown. You know, anytime in the red zone, Brady's first read is Gronk. Yep, 
Absolutely true. Bucks team total over. I don't hate that. Especially if you get it 30 and a half still. I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of that play. But yeah. If you want a prop, by the way, I don't mind Daniel Jones over in rushing yards because we know that the Giants won't be able to run the ball, whether Barkley plays or not. And Jones should be running for his life a decent portion of the game. Well, see, here's the here's the problem with that narrative, Scott, is uh, Tampa Bay has actually given up some yards on the ground the last three weeks. They they gave up 143 to Chicago. They gave up a buck fifty to New Orleans. Uh, give up almost 100 to Washington. So I mean, they're they're not quite the lockdown unit that they were last year. They're still well, the hundred very yards, very good. Yeah, that, that is true. The hundred yards for Washington, though, if you look at Gibson's yards per carry and everything, it wasn't a pretty hundred plus yards. Where are you on the total for this game? Brandon Kubas wants to know where, where, where are we laying on the total? I'm looking at the over. Has to be. Yeah, I feel like some people might want to take the under solely because you're expecting Tampa's defense to bounce back. You have question marks about the Giants. I'm not sure the Giants get many stops in this game. And I think that with the actual offenses in question, I think they'll move the ball. So I think that if you like the under then you're expecting a couple of long drives that settle into field goals. I'm not sure you get many field goal drives for Tampa, but I'm looking at the over. Uh, this is something you also need to remember about this Tampa Bay team at home. They are a different squad. They have scored 40 and a half points at home. The least amount of points they've scored in four home games has been 31. So uh, I think the Giants uh, keep it close, and that means they're going to have to chase them, and they're going to have to throw the ball. Like you said, they, they, they don't really need extra incentive not to run because that Tampa Bay run defense most likely will stone them. Although, again, there there has been some cracks, and they don't have a Vita V, which is huge, as you well know, Scott, against the run. Mm-hmm. He, he is a massive force there in the middle of that defensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going uh, over in this one as well. I see some people asking college basketball quickly before we get into our favorite play. People have been mentioning Seton Hall for the last half hour or so. Yep. It's one of the perks of betting college basketball, even if you lose, because I lost with a Yale Seton Hall over a couple of weeks ago. I got to watch Seton Hall play, and then they beat Michigan afterwards. Lines moved a lot with them against Ohio State from around plus one to around minus two, minus two and a half. That's a really good basketball team, Seton Hall. That's a really good team. Yeah, very, very solid. I think they're. Uh... So even when you lose bets, you got to learn something. And I learned that Seton Hall is a team that a lot of people do not want to mess with. Yep, you're absolutely right, Scott. You are absolutely correct. Um, okay, let's do. Let's get to it. I don't know. We're gonna, we're gonna have to fly without notes here. Um, I mean, I have for, notes for some reason. Well, no, all my all my cells went away. So we're just gonna have to do it old school, buddy. Without the, without the visuals. All right, it's cool. time to uh, put our heads together. We talked about it before. You and I have come up with our favorite consensus play of the day. If you had to put all your chips in the middle, bet on just one game. This would be it, Scott. Get that straw hat out. Climb aboard your John Deere, folks. It is time to bet the farm. All right, my friend. And we told you we went deep, that we took a look at a lot of games. And this is the one that we've come up with. And it's going to be... The Grand Canyon Antelopes minus the three points over Wyoming. The Antelopes allow their opponents to shoot just 37% from the field. That's 37th in the country. 40.9 from two-point distance. That is 36th. They have beat the number three times, Scott, by an average of 7.5 points per game. All those games have come at home where they are a very good home team. And this game will be at home. They have yet to hit the highway 
year in, year out, Grand Canyon, one of the biggest home court advantages, uh, under the radar home court advantages that is out there in college basketball. Scott, if we had to bet just one game today, it would be the Grand Canyon Antelopes minus the three points. I don't know about you. I think that if you get enough antelopes against enough cowboys, the antelopes would win. Antelopes are absolutely going to win. No question about it. So there you have it, guys. Bet the farm antelopes minus the three points over them cowboys. And, of course, we do thank you guys for stopping by. As always, it's uh, it's fun to have everybody here and everybody checking in on Monday. Don't forget to drop us those uh, call the cops and rocking chair players plays in the comment section. Don't forget to check out Chris King, my buddy, over there rocking it on the parlay side just a little bit before we go on. And uh, as far as Scott and I, that's going to do it. Monday's in the books. You guys have a great day. Thanks for checking us out. Good luck on all of your plays. And we'll see you tomorrow right here. Same bat time, same bat channel on Heading Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. Take care, everybody.